Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of Design Curious Podcast. Today on the podcast, we are speaking with Kathy Tonks of Designs with You in Mind. She is another one of my colleagues here in the Sacramento area that I am really pleased to have her on the show. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Kathy's love for design color fabrics and texture stem from her first career of 16 years in the bridal industry. To her surprise, when she and her husband launched a construction company, a whole new world opened up for her and she decided to return to school to obtain a degree in interior design. In 2005, she opened her firm Designs With You In Mind, Inc., specializing in design-build projects. Kitchens and baths were her passion, and she was able to use her experience in the construction industry to her advantage. In 2009, Kathy partnered with a designer buying group that has access to a showroom with premier materials and extended resources. The group made up of other interior designers has given Kathy the opportunity to mentor members and encourage them to grow in their business and be profitable. Kathy's superpowers are managing her team to help her create spaces that bring out the best in her clients. She has passion to create spaces that reflect who they are, and the way they live. She's grateful for the gifts that have been given to her that allow her to have that vision. So I think you're going to enjoy the conversation today with Kathy. Let's hear from her. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, and if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to Design Curious Podcast. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. Me too. I think you have so much experience and wisdom that you can share with our listeners today. So let's get started with how you got into design. You have such a thriving business, and I'd like to know where it all started. Well, I have to say this is not my first career. This is my second. My first career, I think I've always been a maker. I've always been very design-driven from a very young child. But my first career, I was a bridal consultant. And so I would design gowns and bridesmaid mm-hmm. dresses. So my love for fabrics and colors, uh, you know, being able to dress people really came at a, at a young age. And I thrived at it. I managed a, a store. And I just loved working with people. So it is up that my husband and I opened a construction company and he's colorblind. So he kept asking me to help his clients, you know, our clients with color choices. And Mm -hmm. now can you do the tile and specifying the finishes? And I, you know, I was doing that. So I had five children, a full-time job. And then I really started getting to design in the construction side. Wow. So I, I really wanted to go back to school. I wasn't really able to finish school, so I decided mm-hmm. I was going to go take a class, and I went to AR, and I took an overall design class, kind of what design entailed, and it was the best thing I ever did. When I got done with that class, my teacher said, you have to do this. 
And I said, <laughs> okay, I love it. So I started my journey in school. Because I was very busy, lifestyle at school took me longer to complete. I did go to American River College. I just went to a two-year school. It took me four years. <laughs> uh, but it's because I couldn't really hold a full load. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I was working the entire time. So mm-hmm. I had construction jobs going on um, before even the end of graduating. I actually had like two 10,000 square foot homes that I was wow. in. And I was thriving. I kind of got pushed into having to open my own company. I think that I would probably recommend somebody go work for somebody else because mm-hmm. I had to figure it out from scratch. I didn't mm-hmm. have anyone to be able to watch yeah. and learn from, right? So I had to make all those mistakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> but it's a hard way, but yeah. So that's kind of how it started. I really do believe that the universe puts you exactly where you're supposed to be. You have to just learn how to listen and go with the flow. So. The bridal industry and the interior design industry. So with brides, you're dealing with a challenging client who's very emotional sometimes. And I think in interior design, it's the same thing. Would you agree that there's a lot of crossover? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you are, I mean, I, I really do believe in what we do. Kind of have to really be good with communication. And you also have to be able to mediate, right? Mm-hmm. In the bridal industry, it was more the mothers and the daughters, right? Mm, so mm-hmm. where in interior design, it's usually the husband and the wife. Right. Um, but it's still kind of similar. You know, I always yeah. had to kind of find common ground between the two because the styles are different. Mm-hmm. And we still have to do that with people that we work with in homes. I think that that's kind of one of my superpowers is being able to really connect with my client. Because I think it's important that we listen and that we connect with them in a way that we can bring out something out of them that they're going to really love, cherish for many years to come. So I think it's important we pay attention to that. Yeah, really good. Okay, so so you then developed your business the hard way <laughs> over the years, but now it is thriving. And I know that you are also owner of a design group. So mm-hmm. explain how that works for someone who maybe isn't familiar with a design group. A company called Distinctive Design Group. And so we are kind of like a design co-op. So we do have a showroom here and we actually carry pretty much everything that you would actually need to be successful to put a project together. You know, that's even flooring, tile, countertop, all furnishings and case goods. So the whole idea behind having the design group is that we buy together. So a little old me designer cannot meet the minimum most of the time by myself. So it allows me the possibility to be able to negotiate with vendors. We can get a stocking dealer accounts where if it's just you, that's not going to happen. Unless you're a big firm that has, you know, four or five designers and they're all doing, you know, big projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of, and then what also is nice is that being a designer, when you're on your own, and if you don't have staff, it gets pretty lonely. Mm-hmm. You don't have someone there to be able to throw things at them. Like, hey, what yeah. do you think about this? You know, because sometimes we need that collaborative mm-hmm. 
and yeah it is a part of the creative process yeah yeah I think it's it's really nice to be able to have someone else there to be a sounding board and and get feedback yeah we love it we love our group so we got nice ladies and uh, I mean we would allow men to be in there too but (laughs) right now we just are like a group of, of 12 ladies that really get along really well and so that's also another thing is that I really have to pay attention to if someone wants to be part of the group about the personality and do I feel that they're going to fit with the rest of them. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like anyone can join. It has to be. Yeah. I just really want to make sure that everybody can be cohesive and, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll thrive together. Yeah. So that's, I think, a gift that's been given to me to be able to see that Mm -hmm. Um, and I use it when I'm working with clients as well. Mm-hmm. So how did you go from just having your own business to getting that first person in your group? Or did you join a group first? Or how, how would that? So what happen? happened was actually the group was originally started by an amazing designer. Her name is Becky Senna. So I actually joined the group about 15, 16 years ago. And I, I have to say that my first year, I doubled my income. Mm-hmm. I actually was being able to, I was, I, I was able to be able to mark things up, be competitive with others. Yeah, your margins were better. Yeah, so, you know, Becky and I became very close. I eventually became her partner. When she retired, she really wanted to make sure that this group had, you know, had a home. Mm-hmm. And that she didn't, she didn't want to leave the ladies without having the group. So, yeah. So I finally, you know, said, okay, I, I'll, I'll take it on. And also because it's passionate for me too. I really love being there for the ladies. I love having this space. And I have to say, when I first committed to doing it, I was a little nervous mm-hmm. just because I'm so busy myself. But, you know, I've, I've figured out how to make it work and it's really thriving now. I actually, you know, have employees that help me keep it up keep the studio going mm-hmm. we have great vendors our reps are amazing mm-hmm. cannot live without the vendors I mean the reps, yeah. the reps are everything so that's yeah. how that started so Becky formally retired now I'm sole owner Becky retired we did her retirement party actually last July and oh. we threw a big bash for her and it was a lot of fun so because she deserves it so for sure. Yeah. What a great legacy to have. Yeah. And so, and I imagine that reps really like design groups because they can speak to many designers at once who are all on the same account, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so what's nice is we do a rep day once a month. We get together once a month every second Tuesday from 11 o'clock to five o'clock. We're, we're seeing reps every 45 minutes, but it's nice. Like our 11 o'clock rep brings lunch. So we have lunch. Then our last rep brings charcuterie and wine. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of allows us, because we feel like we're learning. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, we so much. Every time they come, they're showing us something that we really need to know. We get to see all the new stuff. And I think it makes us feel like we're constantly keeping ourselves up to date. Right? Yeah. And, and then it gets the reps in the studio. So then they can go through their samples. They can pull things that are not are discontinued mm-hmm. and then I think every time you have that touch point we create those relationships so if I need something 
that I'm not sure where to get it. I'm going to call, you know, John Taylor and say, hey, John, I need this type of carpet. It needs to be this, this, and this. Can you help me? And he's going to tell me right where to go. So it's going to save me time. He's going to get me samples. You know, he's amazing. That's great. Yeah. So one of the things, and we're in the same community, design community. So I've been observing your business practices a lot over the last several years. And one of the things I admire a lot is your ability to pivot and grow. And you're always looking for ways to improve your business and not adverse to learning new things, new software, technology, if needed, to really advance your business and your group. What would you say is a good way to continue learning after school and like after you started your business and everything? Oh my gosh, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm obsessed with podcasts. First <laughs> I, I think having a, a really good coach and a mentor is super important for those of you that are just beginning in design, like, like you doing the design mentor, you know, I just think that is amazing because it's priceless really to have mm-hmm. somebody that is already doing well and that you're able to, you know, not have to make those mistakes, you know, like me having to do it the hard, hard knocks way. Right. Yeah. So I think for me, I never stop learning. I mean, I'm, constantly looking and listening and being open-minded mm-hmm. to try new things. I always call my car my university because mm. I like the car. I'm always listening to things to improve not only my personal life, but also my business life. Mm-hmm. And I really do think, like I love our group, Rebecca, that we have, that we get together mm-hmm. we meet once a month. I think things like that are really important time. Because you're always going to learn something when you're there, right? Yeah. But the biggest thing is is implementing, right? Yes. Learning, we have to remember to, you know, do the steps to to implement them. Yeah, and make time in your busy schedule to. You have to block the time. Yeah. Yeah. I have them on my schedule. I block the time. Like on Saturday morning is my. I know I shouldn't be working on Saturday. (laughs) Bad to say, but but I put it on Saturday morning, so I always know that. You know, I have to do banking stuff. So that's when I'm transferring, you know, my money into places they need mm-hmm. And that helps me become more financially secure, right? Mm-hmm. Save more money. I always have taxes. I always mm-hmm. have. So those are the things I think are super important to continue to always learn. And, and there's so much technology and different things. It's just <laughs> it's yeah. never ending, but but I enjoy yeah. it. So yeah, well, good. And as you've grown and like expanded your team, because you have employees in yeah. your own business, right? Yes, uh, I do. Designs with you in mind. Yeah, yeah. I have I have subcontractors, but I also have employees that are here full time. So mm-hmm. um, getting ready to probably hire one more person. So I'm trying oh, great. right now. I'm writing things out to decide exactly what I need that person to be before I actually put together we're hiring yeah (laughs) how has it been for relinquishing some of the control over your projects and passing on the responsibility to your employees so I think in the beginning it was challenging to know what things I really should relinquish but Mm -hmm. since I've gotten in the groove of working with a bigger team and it's not just me 
I'm starting to realize that, you know, I run all my subcontractors and my contractors and it always works really well. So I started to look at it that way. Okay, mm-hmm. well, this works really well. So how can I do that with my team here? Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm realizing that I really like the team environment. So it's been a lot easier to have a meeting and say, okay, Allison, I need you to do this, this, and this this week. So we have regular meetings, a regular meeting at the beginning of the week. And then we do a, <laughs> we do a wine Friday on Fridays. Nice. And so at four o'clock, we get together, have a glass of wine, and we talk about what happened. Each one, I ask them, you know, tell me what happened this week. What were the things you felt you had problems with? And what things did you feel that you really did well? Mm-hmm. And it's a great conversation. And I think it feel like I get more connected with my employees. And what I realized is that I didn't realize how much they really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And one time I had some kind of meeting and we weren't there. Yeah. And they were very disappointed we didn't have our wine Friday. <laughs> so I said, well, from now on, if I have to be busy on that day, then just move wine Friday to Thursday. You know, yeah. it's just as long as we have that time to just kind of be able to chat. And we usually do like a little security report and chat. So I, it hasn't been as hard as I thought it would be. Mm, that's cool. um, and, and it's always, always growing. Right. So right. I will constantly keep tweaking it, asking for their feedback on on how it works as a team. How it's working yeah. for them as a team. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's been going good. And I'm I'm ready to do that in a little bit bigger scale, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're expanding yeah. our studio again. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean you already have how many square feet do you have now? I mean with for we the group? have about thirty five hundred square feet. Okay. So I'm gonna add another eight fifty. So yeah. just add some more offices. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the designers have wanted to uh, rent offices here. Okay. Um, and so to add, but storage, I need a receiving yes. storage place because it we get so much, so many shipments. It drives me crazy. You know, <laughs> you know I, gotcha. I know you know too. Yeah. Your, your studio is the same way. So right. sudden, like you're gathering. You're just like, oh my gosh, I'm drowning in boxes. I can't even walk around. Yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And so you find that as you're growing, it is profitable to hire employees, right? Because they are making even more money and billing for more time than you could have yourself, right? They pay for themselves. Yes. So I think that one of the biggest challenges that I had to learn is how to teach employees how to track their time. And and so we've we've kind of came up with a system that works pretty good in the way we document. And Mm -hmm. so that way, when my bookkeeper is doing the hours, he, we, he has documentation and knows who did what task. And I think for the client, too, I always tell my clients, we have it broken down to, you know, I cost this much. Right. My design assistant is, is this much. And, you know, my bookkeeper is this much, that kind of thing. So those are the, yeah. and I just tell my client, I said, well, if there's going to be errands that need to be ran or things that don't really deserve need my design experience on sending my design assistant. So you're going to right. save money. Yeah. But you, you have to charge for their time. It's not a hundred percent of their time. is going to be, you know, um, right. You know, but I do find that since I've had a bigger staff that our billable hours have been a lot 
heftier. So yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, so it it's just me having to learn that I needed to to bill. Um, yeah, are they client facing? Like, do they work with the clients directly? Them they, they do. Like, well, my my assistant is definitely there. They all know Allison. They all know Renee because here when schedule and all that, that's going to be Allison. Mm-hmm. Of that, but then Renee is going to be there taking notes and being there on job sites when I'm measuring that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. they do tend to to know my entire team. So that's great. Yeah, good. So, what other advice as we're wrapping up here would you give to a designer who's starting out, like maybe was in your kind of situation? I think the biggest advice I would say is that you need to find you need to find your people, right? Mm. You need to join a group like mine, find there's other ones out there, find a way that you can be profitable mm-hmm. and get into a group that you're, you're able to purchase smart, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably the biggest advice I've mm-hmm. had, other than really finding a mentor, finding someone that can you know show you how things are done. Yeah, that's really good too, because I think the purchasing part of a designer's job is one of the most intimidating, especially when you're starting out and you don't even know, like, what is list price? What is net price? What do these terms even mean? And how am I supposed to, like, purchase this? Yeah, sales tax collection and resale and all that stuff. So it is a huge advantage to work with a group who already has all of those things taken care of. You just kind of slide into their, <laughs> their. Yes. Group and, well, and, and we, yeah. and you know, we have a system, so pretty set on how you do it. But I mean, I'm not saying we're perfect because we we're not, but we do really try and constantly figuring out how things can work better. But yeah, I think that that would be the best advice I've Yeah, had. that's great. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. Such a pleasure talking with you. It's always awesome talking to you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to hear it all. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. So a wonderful conversation with Kathy, as you can see, joining a buying group can be really lucrative as part of your business model. It definitely makes sense because manufacturers and vendors will favor larger buying groups because they have more volume. And so you have a lot more power in that because you can definitely make bigger margins on all of your product, which as we've talked before, is one of the best ways to make profit in your company. So as always, you can find all the links and details about Kathy and the downloads that I have for you and my design mentor in the show notes. You can find those show notes in your podcast player or on my website, ourwarddesign.com under the podcast link. I would love to hear from you. You can send me a DM on Instagram. Next week, I'll have another great episode for you. And until then, stay creative. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.